This is a podcast from Seven Vineyard. Hello and welcome to this Good Friday meditation. I'm Claire Lynch, one of the lead pastors at Seven Vineyard, and we are so glad you have checked into this today. We also have a variety of other Good Friday meditations available on our website for you. Some you can do on your own, some in a group, some require you to get active and others you can simply do in a quiet place. So do visit our website if you would like to try one of those. The goal of this Good Friday meditation is to connect more deeply with the events of this day 2,000 years ago and to allow God to reveal his heart to us that we each might grasp more of who he is and who we are in him. All you will need is a Bible and some bread and juice for the Lord's Supper. If you are in a group due to COVID, we suggest each person brings their own bread and juice. Additionally, you may also like to have the text of this meditation in front of you, which is available on the Easter resources page of our website, or you may like to have something to hand to write your thoughts on as you sense God speak to you. Entirely up to you. At various times throughout this meditation, I'll suggest you hit pause to give you time to dialogue with God. Take your time. Don't rush. Only hit start again when you feel ready to continue. As part of this meditation, we are going to read the events around Jesus' crucifixion. And if you want to follow this in your Bible, we'll be reading from Matthew chapter 27, verses 11 to 60. Okay, so to begin. Find a place where you can be quiet and undisturbed. Get comfortable and relax. Let your breathing slow down. Sit in silence and ask God to meet you during this time. If you have things weighing on your mind or a to-do list buzzing around, take this time to give these to God. Ask him to help you relax or you could even write your thoughts down so you can come back to them afterwards if needed. You may find a breath prayer helpful. Simply as you breathe in, say the words in your head or out loud, you are with me. And as you breathe out, and I am with you. You are with me. And I am with you. Repeat this slowly and thoughtfully as many times as you need. Feel free to hit pause. Okay, so I'm going to read the account of Jesus' crucifixion from Matthew chapter 27, 11 to 60. You may like to follow it in your Bible or simply close your eyes and listen, imagining the scenes, letting the passage come alive for you. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply 
not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas? Or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall. But after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. 
Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and then we'll believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified him also heaped insults on him. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. Many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Stay connected to the passage and images that came to mind for you. We're going to use the tool of imaginative prayer to do what the prophet Zechariah talked about hundreds of years before Jesus hung on that cross. To look upon the one whom we have pierced. Invite the Holy Spirit to guide your imagination, to bring you to the foot of the cross. To hear the noise, the shouts, the wailing, the curses, 
the cries of suffering around you. To smell the sweat, the dirt, the blood. to see the crowds, the soldiers who crucified Jesus, the people who called for his crucifixion and are there to jeer, the followers of Jesus who are there to grieve. Can you see Jesus himself willingly hanging from the cross, choosing to stay when he could have all of heaven's power at his disposal, but surrendering all claim to that? Look upon the one whom we have pierced. In your imagination, where are you positioned as you gaze upon the cross? Are you right at the foot of it? Or are you far away? Are you looking down on it from above? Or are you right in the midst of it? Are you standing, kneeling? running. It can be tempting 2,000 years later to not sit in the horror of Good Friday because we know that Easter Sunday is coming. But ask the Holy Spirit to give you courage to continue to look and gaze. Trusting that as you do so, God's heart will be revealed to you. Notice what is going on inside of you. What thoughts and emotions rise up. Sorrow. Joy. Confusion. Peace, love, anger, guilt, or do you just feel numb? Based on what is being stirred in you, enter into a personal conversation with Jesus or God the Father, or the Holy Spirit. Speak heart to heart as if conversing with a close friend.
ask him what he wants you to know. Take your time with this, there's no need to rush. And respond to God in whatever way feels honest and natural. Hit pause and only press start again when you are ready to continue. We're going to share in the Lord's Supper now. Take this time to rest in what you sense God has shown you or spoken to you. Thank him for it. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 to 26. For I have received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As you now eat the bread and drink the juice, use this physical act as a sign of you receiving all that God has been doing in you through this time. Feel free to hit pause before you move on. Let's close this time now in prayer. Thank you, Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit for your presence with us today. Thank you for your kindness and for revealing more of yourself to us. Let us never lose the wonder of gazing upon the most dramatic demonstration of your outpouring love. As we go about the rest of our day, help us to carry whatever you have revealed to us personally and to allow you to embed it deep within our souls that we may be utterly transformed by your love. Amen. If you are in a group, you may like to take a few minutes to each briefly share what God has been revealing to you and the impact that has for you. If you are alone, you might choose to share this with a close friend when you next see them. Or you might like to write a journal entry to God now, expressing your heart to him. Thank you for joining us today in this Good Friday meditation. There are further questions to think about or discuss on the text version of this meditation on the Easter resources page of our website. And as I said, there are other Good Friday meditations available there too, if you would like to try some of those. But for now, God bless you all and have a wonderful Easter weekend.